friends and foes, welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today it's Art Book Club. We talked about seven days in the art world for this month. Me and Jennifer, who is at Visual Nomad, went through each of the seven days and compared it to what it felt like to be an artist reading this book and kind of our conflicting emotions when it came to different aspects of the art world. Without further ado, here is the live interview from Twitch. I think we just need to like start throwing paint at the wall and maybe that's how it'll feel like more exciting maybe do you true avant-garde abstract (laughs) artists here you know i'm into it do you remember that uh scene in the princess diaries where mia's mom just like is throwing darts at balloons full of paint yes that's yes that's the level of artist i aspire to be I'm like, (laughs) me too. I was like, okay, I'm really angry at that, but that's really smart. (laughs) It's so fun. And I'm like, you can afford this amazing apartment in San Francisco with your balloon splatter paintings. That's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want with my life. Like, how do I get that? (laughs) And it even gets better if you drink a beer or a nice beverage with it, you know, it becomes entertainment. It's like, Hey, come over for some darts and just have people throw darts at the thing. <laughs> it's extremely sexy and that's it's a it's a life goal. I, I recently watched that movie. I know, right? And as like an adult artist whose job is to make art, I was like, I see I'm seeing this movie in a whole new lens and it's so delicious. Right. <laughs> Maybe instead of art right. book club, we should have movie book club sometime or art art movie club. <laughs> um <laughs> Maybe just for like one month. Oh, we, should, we have a yeah. few. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I watched a few movies lately that have been interesting. Um, I watched Inside, if you haven't seen that, with William oh. Defoe. Wait. It's oh, fantastic. Um, he's basically, he's a burglar that gets stuck in a house that he's trying to steal stuff from. <laughs> and there are multiple million dollar pieces in this building. Like, it's somebody who is, like, ridiculously stupid wealthy mm-hmm. and it it just i'm not going to ruin it it's it's fantastic there's very little dialogue it's a lot of music it's very art house for sure love it uh, but i think you'll love it it's a lot of current artists so yeah it's yeah. it's really cool all right i'll put that on the list that sounds good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well friends and foes should we start book club I Let's think, do it. I think it's me and, and Nomad and Brent here today, and that is book club. <laughs> it's great. So, heck yeah, friends and foes, welcome to our book club. We read Seven Days in the Art World this month, and I actually have a physical copy this time. And uh, this book was very fun. This book was very different than I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. This book, this book is excellent it's excellent let me give you a brief synopsis of the book before we dive in so this book came out in 2009 2008 sorry and uh it is about seven separate days not like a week in the art world but seven seven separate days where the author sarah uh sarah thornton goes to a different major art type of event and she stays for a whole day so you know like it says Mm -hmm. on the tin right uh, when I picked up this book, I was like, this must be a novel. And I was really excited. But um, it's not a novel. It's more of a, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> uh, ethnography? Eth- ethnography. And it goes through seven different places. So 
I'm going to briefly lay out the different places that we go to with Sarah. Um, first is the auction, which is a, uh, is it Sotheby's? That's it's the, the Christie's Fall Christie's. Auction it's a Christie's 2005 or 2006. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the Crit, which is in California at uh, California Institute of the Arts. And then we go to the fair. And I love the titles. The titles are so great. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's which starts out, it's the second Thursday in or second Tuesday in June, so I must be in Switzerland. And you're just like, this is a very fun mm-hmm. fair. Okay. And then we go to the prize, which is the prize about uh the turn Turner Prize? Yes, the Turner Prize. Turner Prize. Mm-hmm. Um in 2008. And so, you know, if you want to spoil about who wins, you can just look that up right now. And um, then we go to Art Form Magazine, which is a very popular magazine. And then we go to the studio visit, which was a Murakami studio Takahashi visit. Takahashi Murakami. Holy mm-hmm. cats. This one I really liked. Okay. And then lastly, mm-hmm. we go through another art event. Art, not a fair, but the Biennial, which is in Venice. And, oh, sorry, the B- the Biennale. Biennale. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading too fast, and that's how you can tell. Um, and each chapter, each of the seven chapters just goes through the day. Sometimes it has timestamps. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like the morning, the evening, and later. And it is a fascinating book. Uh, first question, mm-hmm. Jen, mm-hmm. Nomad, have you finished the book? I have. Great. Me too. Excellent. We're we're doing great so far. <laughs> yes. And we're good. We're we're a hundred for a hundred so far. 100. <laughs> it's it's marvelous. Um yeah, what are your opening thoughts about this book? What do you what do you think? Oh, well, I thought at first, since it starts at the auction, it was gonna be a lot of behind the scenes of a bunch of uber rich people that didn't want to know everybody to know who they were Mm -hmm. and like basically flexing their lives in front of us in this book and i was like dude i know this goes on like i don't need to see more of this like this just (laughs) makes me angry it doesn't make me enjoy this book (laughs) so uh that was my first impression but then as i got into the post studio crit uh it was really interesting because you start to see how the educational world melds into this um this fine art world mm-hmm. and uh i think that's kind of what she was really trying to point out is how the lines are so blurred between all of these things um and there's not really a delineation they kind of bleed into each other so it was it was very fascinating to see that and how they they kind of mix together. Mm-hmm. This book, I I really liked this book. I liked I even liked the very first auction piece simply because I have never gone to an art auction. And yes, mm-hmm. I did know these people mm-hmm. exist, and I have encountered some. Of, I like how we're saying these people. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel very different <laughs> than these people. So um, I've encountered a few of them. And you've even had like studio visits from a few of these types of people who mm. collect art really aggressively um, in, mm. in a way that is like investments more than loving paintings usually. Right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. 
I have never gotten along super well with people who do this, which is interesting since I'm an artist, but I think I just didn't right. really understand what their game was. And it feels you, you like start to get a peek into what the game is like, especially if you aren't familiar with said auction, like I am. And I, gosh, it was so fun. It was fun. It was fun to meet the characters. It was fun to like by characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, actual people. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was but fun. they are characters. It's they're, funny. They're characterizations of them. They're, it's definitely like mm -hmm. a little loose on the, you know, uh, journalistic part of this but it's it's a good story <laughs> which i like mm -hmm. um and it's i don't know it's great it's it's interesting it's interesting to see the intensity that some of the people who work in these like the the bidder versus the the person who is auctioning off the artwork <laughs> versus seeing what it's like to have an artist in these spaces which is strange and oh gosh yeah like some people are critics but some people are not critics they're just here to buy art to add to their collections which they all have a private view of their collections like a, a goal for them and it's i don't know it's hierarchical it's 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 very very interesting and like almost alluring it's alluring in its mystique but also like wow i don't think i would ever want to go to one of these but also maybe I would want to go to one of these just to see what it was like. I, it's it's fascinating. Would you? You said it made you mad. Right. Like, well, and you know, I think it's interesting because like as artists, we're not really welcome in that auction space. Mm -hmm. Like there were artists there, but she specifically says it. it's not a good look for the artist to show up. Like yeah. you have to be somebody that has kind of earned that leeway mm -hmm. to like show up at an auction because at that point it's secondary market. Like yes. you being there doesn't matter. You're not making um, any of the money. You're not, it's, right. it's like, yeah. And you know, it makes me think of the situation with Banksy at Christie's. Oh yeah. And the shredded painting. Mm -hmm. And like he jumped in on the secondary market and made a commentary, which is very unusual because once it goes to secondary market, you really don't know who owns it for the most part. It becomes this, uh, it, it becomes this ethereal space. People put stuff in free ports. It just becomes weird. It becomes weird. And, and so it's like, yeah, just to see the artists interacting in that space. Cause she runs into a couple of artists and just asks them like, so you're here and you're not really supposed to be. So how do you feel about this? <laughs> and they just, they're just kind of like, whatever, you know? Yeah. If they want me to leave. They can tell me to leave. I'll leave. That's fine. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's, it's interesting. It's wild. I, after I read that, that first chapter, I kind of, I paused and I was like, I wonder how I would feel if my own work became part of a mm -hmm. secondary market. And like, I keep very meticulous records of everyone who buys my work and, like, mm -hmm. when they bought it and what the price I sold for, just because I I like to see that data and that information. And I like to, mm -hmm. you know, call mm -hmm. on my, my clients, my collectors, and be like, hey, do you still like your artwork? Like, a couple years down the line and things like that. But once your work goes into, like, the secondary market status, it's, like, it feels impersonal, but, like, also strange. One time... One of my friends had given a painting I'd given her to someone else. And this is like my only kind of sort of connection <laughs> to this, to okay. what this was she like. But 
Um, she had given a painting that I had given her years ago to another friend. And I had just gone to that second friend's house just out of the blue. And I didn't know that they knew each other. And I saw my painting on her wall. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I was like, did you know this friend? Like, ha- like, how did you get this? Did you buy it? Like, I-, I had so many questions. But that mm-hmm. must be strange to be an artist and to see your work oh, that sure. you've made in your studio. And like, maybe, I don't know. It shows up in a hotel or it shows up in a lobby somewhere and you're like, oh, there's that painting that I sold to this person and now it's here. And that, God, that must be very, very strange. And yeah. maybe I'll get to that point someday. But also I'm like, do I want to get to that point someday? It's it's wild. Right, right. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I think the secondary market is just weird. Like, I don't know. I think as artists, we kind of all have this trepidation about the secondary market. Mm-hmm. Um. One, because we're cut out of it, essentially. At least we have been. We're working to change that. But, like, yeah, there's so much that goes on there. And it is, it's like, the one thing I I gathered from this book, if nothing else, is that the art market is no different than high school. It is <laughs> literally a popularity contest. Yeah. That's all it is. It's and popularity of the buyers. Yeah. It's popularity of the artists. It's popularity of the person selling the artwork on the stand it's like it's very political oh absolutely very very Every interesting part of this political yeah yeah i uh i kind of wish i had looked up what the current art market is like doing right now like are things selling well what, what prices are things looking mm. at compared to 2008 when this book was written um right but i i did it but you know i might look that up later and chat about it on the podcast we'll see we'll see um, anyway, so that's the uh, that's the first one. The second one, the second day, is the crit, and this is at Cal Arts. Um, mm-hmm. Had you <laughs> had you heard about this crit before reading this? No, I have not. Me neither. Um, essentially, what it is, it is a all day critique. That's a group critique that is run by uh, Michael Asher who is an artist and a professor there. I don't know if he's still a professor there. I also haven't looked that up. There's, I did not get a recent edition. I got like a, like a second edition of this book. So there was no like footnotes to saying that this has changed. Um, but it starts at 10 AM and goes until it ends, which in this story was like midnight or 1 AM the next day. And they have three artists, student artists that are on presentation and the group of students critique the artwork and there's something really special about staring at a piece of artwork for like more than 12 hours with a group of people and just discussing it for a whole day that's it's kind of intense what do you think of this um i i get like i think it was nice that the writer not only went to cal arts but she went to was it you uh ucla mm-hmm. is another large art school there with an art program and kind of juxtaposed the two processes of critiquing in their master's program yeah um the the interesting thing that i gathered from cal arts is that they're not really focused on the secondary market or artists selling work all they're focused on is the quality of work from the artist. The rest mm-hmm. of it is on the artist. Uh, whereas 
UCLA is definitely more focused on the art market. They're more involved in the LA art market. Um, so just to hear the professors of their critiquing classes from both spaces and seeing how they've just approached it in a vastly different way. Um, whereas, cause I think UCLA, the person being critiqued is not allowed to talk at all. Mm -hmm. Like the critique is purely from an outside standpoint. So, uh, where there's definitely way more interaction at CalArts. Um, I think it's, I think it's an elongated process that is way too long at CalArts. I don't know that I could <laughs> suffer through that. I mean, it went from roughly 10 a.m. to 1 at night. Yeah. They took several breaks, but that was only three people. They do that for everybody in the class. It's wild. So they have to do that several days through that process, just depending on when people are done. That's it's so. so intense. I I went to Cornish College of the Arts and we had group critiques, but they lasted like maybe an hour and we would get through the 14 people in the class. Like oh, wow. <laughs> they were like very quick. Right. Um, I do not think I would like a 12 hour critique, but it, it does have a sort of mysticism to it. And sure, if you were sure. looking for that and this would be like the first place on your radar, I wonder if they still run it. They, they must, right? It's been going on for like... Gosh, oh yeah, like twenty I mean, years it's, or more. It's, oh, since 1974. Since 1974. So, I imagine that they're still doing this. So I believe. Let's see. It's a long time. Uh. Anyways. So yeah, in 2012, I believe. Asher got sick and passed away on October 15th. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he's no longer running the post-studio class. I don't know if somebody else took it over. Maybe. Maybe. I can't. I haven't seen that yet. But yeah, there's a thing on CalArts page about that. Thanks for looking that up. That's a... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. That's even more interesting. I... Do you have, like, an ideal kind of group critique that you like? I mean, the only critiques that I've had have been mainly led by the professor. Mm -hmm. um, he was brutal. I think his goal in life was to make everybody cry. Great. Whether they wanted to or not. Um, so it was rough. But they were, they were still open crits. Like, they were... We would put pieces up on the wall. He'd be like, okay, this is the one that we're looking at right now. This is kind of what I think about it. Does anybody else have any feedback mm -hmm. or, you know, constructive advice to give on this? And so, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's all based on how attached to your work you are. If you're not attached to it, a crit doesn't bother you. Like, it's just yeah. like, oh, okay, I'll do that next time. But if you're like me, where every one of them is my children, then, you know, then it's a different situation. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. I, <laughs> I, I love my work, but I feel like I definitely have a slightly more disattached view mm. with them now than I did when I was an art student. And everything I made was extremely personal just because that's where I was in my young 20s. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. I think 
I love a group critique. I even offer them as uh, as something I do here on on Twitch and stuff like that. But I I think a twelve hour one would be way way too excessive. I think the longest critique yeah. I've ever been a part of was three hours, and okay. again, fifteen people that we went over, and maybe right. each person had three or four paintings to put up on the wall. Those are great because I don't know. There's a point where your focus like really wanes, and then things start to get weird, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you're foc- if you're like forced to focus on something and the conversations change and there is something gorgeous about that. And I think they go into it in the book here where it's just like at the hour, like six or seven after people have come back from lunch and we've barely moved on to the second person. It's like, OK, what does the artist really want out of this critique? And the instructor mm-hmm. who almost said nothing at this Cal Arts critique um, was like, you know, pushed him on that and was like, what do you need from the group? And I, I do think that kind of coaching is very, it's very handy. And you, you learn about your, your classmates that way and you learn about definitely other people's perspectives outside of your own brain. But maybe it takes that mm-hmm. long to get you out of it and to see what your work is for what it's actually worth. I don't know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of fun. And I could see where that would be like what it's going to be like every day. Mm-hmm. Like the feedback you're going to get is going to be random blips here and there from other people, people you may know, people you may not know. And so in that respect, it's like, yeah, there are those lulls where you hear absolutely nothing. Yes. And you're like, am I doing this right? Is my work broken? Like, Does everyone what hate me? Uh, right. <laughs> the insecurities come by. It is something kind of very... Maybe it's startling in a way. Uh, a lot of the artwork we make now, we put on the internet, people look at it for five seconds, and then they move on. To have someone, mm-hmm. let alone a group of someone, stare at your work for several hours is, and you have to be there, it's very intimidating yeah. and very, right. you know, you kind of lay yourself out to fray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Anyways, I liked sure. that chapter. Do you have any other opinions on it? No, I mean, I think it kind of gives a good inner working of, uh, the education system as far as art is concerned as well. That's true. Like connections, that kind of thing, how that works. When you so are, I think that's always good to know. If you are someone who wants to go to art school, you should, you should talk to people who are currently students there and see what the atmosphere is like, because I feel like every art school I've ever heard of is extremely different than the other in the way they teach mm-hmm. and the things they focus on. It's and this chapter really illustrates that and anyway, so that's a that's my side note. <laughs> Do lots and lots yeah. and lots and lots and lots of research. Da, da, da. Okay, chapter three. Absolutely. I'm gonna keep cruising because Yes. There's so Do many it. things. Okay. Um chapter three is the fair, and this is gosh, uh what's Art. it called? Art Basel. Art Basel in Switzerland. This is this is a fair that happens every June in Switzerland, and it is, I've never been, but I want to go now after reading this. <laughs> it sounds insane. <laughs> it sounds like really kind of chaotic and f- interesting. And yeah. I think if you didn't know anyone there, y- you would f- have a very different experience. Um, but oh, sure. the connections that this author has made in her previous chapters of doing this book have led her to have a really a much more interesting experience at this art fair, I think, because 
at this point, chapter three, you start to have recurring characters. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, this one person that you saw at the auction is now at this art fair and they've are hunting down lots of pieces. And she's like, can I follow you? And they're like, no way. And she's like, what are you looking for? And then she's talking to dealers and she's talking to collectors. <laughs> and it's a whole dance. And it's very, very quick. She's like, the doors open at 10 and by noon things are done. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of insane. Um, yeah, this this made me want to go to Switzerland in June. I'm like, I, I want to see what this is like. This sounds extremely fun and different and weird. What do you think of it? I've seen some video on it. It's a very, very, very small town. Yeah. Um, and it is packed when Basel hits like everybody shows up um that is a high-end collector they Mm -hmm. come to Basel and I mean the space is cool you know to hear her describe the space you know when she went and just like you said the dance that goes on like the very discreet hints and tells to people hey I want this hey I want that where it's like super low key so people can't see it. Yeah. As you like run through this space <laughs> before lunch. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's it's a trip to see. Can't I can't imagine going as an artist and seeing people for lack of a better phrase treat your work like that. Yeah. Like where they just like it's a like you said, it's a commodity. Like mm-hmm. okay. Here we go. You know, I got to buy this one because it's worth a lot of money or it's going to be worth a lot of money or whatever. And uh, like that whole family that collects like that's insane. Mm -hmm. Like that they like you. She catches them at the front door and they've like got their game plan already. And they just kind of like nod at each other and like take off (laughs) secret signals and everything. And they're just like, we're going to look at the booth from afar and not actually look directly at anything and all three of us in this family of collectors are gonna like huddle up like this is baseball and then maybe later go talk to the dealer and he's already noticed you because of course he has and he's like (laughs) he's like i might consider that you want to buy this but i might also have someone else that i'm selling this to and it's so it's so branded it's so commercial god yeah it's a yes. way of investing and it's it's a wild game i can see how this would be addicting for people it's almost like gambling mm-hmm. and it's a place to yes. put your money if you have a lot of it and imagining imagining a painting that i make becoming a tool for this feels weird so like if you're an artist and you're reading yeah. this book you're gonna have thoughts like this and i'm like this is so bizarre and um yeah but it's gosh Anyways, I would love to go. I want to. I want to go to Switzerland, and I want to see this for myself because that experience <laughs> seems wild. In Seattle, there is the Seattle Art Fair that happens in the fall, I believe, and I've been there twice. And I imagine it's kind of like this, but bigger, where it's just like booth after booth after booth of mostly Washington galleries, but also international galleries that are quite big name. Mm. That even before I had really been like looking around at galleries. I was like, oh, I know this place, and I know this place just from hearing them from casual conversations. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of cool. And I imagine it's sort of like that, which when I went to last, I was like, well, there's some cool paintings here, and there's some paintings here that I, I just don't like. And 
like I'm gonna keep my opinions to myself yeah. here, but it's you get a wide variety, and that's always interesting. It's like a mini museum. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and just to see like the the uh, geographical shuffling that goes on at Basel, mm-hmm. uh, positions of importance in the building, and that kind of thing, like. And even at the Venice Biennale, the same thing, you know, that whole jockeying back and forth. And I know uh, Basel Miami, which is the sister event to this event. Yes. They have Wynwood Walls, which is Wynwood is basically the street that Basel takes place on. Mm-hmm. And it's an area that another collector has opened up and they have people come in and they famous art mural artists come in and paint a wall for windmill walls, but it's this whole, there's all kinds of side buildings and events and same with Basel. There's like, Oh, we're in building blah, blah, blah over here, but it's part of Basel quote unquote, you know? (laughs) Yes. Um, So there's all these satellite events going on around this main event at both spaces. So it's interesting to see. It's pretty genius. I want to meet the person who started this, invented this. <laughs> Be like, <laughs> how'd you come up with this idea? And how'd you get it to stick? Because it's very, mm. it's very fascinating. It's a fascinating event. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll go to Miami because Switzerland's kind of far away. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just... <laughs> Miami's is pretty good from what I've heard. <laughs> Everyone, let's have a meetup next year. It's going to be great. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> The next chapter is called The Prize, and this is about the Turner Prize in, uh, in 2008. Uh, okay, so the Turner Prize is 25,000 euros, I believe. Pounds, sorry, 25,000 pounds. And there's four people who get shortlisted for the prize, and if they don't get first place, they get uh, an award of 5,000 pounds, which is like you know, a lot of money. It's great. And Mm -hmm. it's televised and this happens every year and there's a new winner every year and it's very cool. And in this year, uh, Yoko Ono presented the prize and there were very distinguished hosts in the past who have like put this on and there's a jury of four people, usually artists who are artists of uh, different, different kinds, not just painters, but it's like painters and sculptors and whatever. And this chapter took us through interviews with all the nominees for this one year, plus talking to all of the people who are um, the judges, the jury for this for this prize, and what it was like during the event and just right after and what happened to these artists. It's it's kind of a wild ride. I How would you feel mm-hmm. if you were nominated for such things? Because you could also decline a nomination for this prize. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was really interesting because it, it, I had to put myself in a different pair of shoes than I normally walk in, uh, for this. I was like, you know, as a fine artist, I want to, you know, have gallery representation. I want to be able to go to events like this. And I'm like, how would I emotionally handle something like this? Like that is, I think the most intriguing part of this is she sits down so these artists, I think they picked them six months in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they shortlist like two months out or something like that. 
and each one of the four artists that are remaining each have a display in the Turner Gallery at the, um, oh, what is it called? I don't want to look this up. And, I can't remember. It's, yeah, it's the it's the main gallery there, but um, they each have their own installation. So people walk through, people vote. It's a whole national thing for England. Like they do tons of interviews and tons of shows about it throughout that whole process. So it's for, for me as an artist who's fairly isolated and, and kind of likes my anonymity to some extent mm -hmm. to have to step out into a position like that, where you have to be very front facing um, and answer hard questions. And, you know, people are going to try to get you in a gotcha a lot of times in that situation. Cause yes. you're quote unquote, semi like faux famous at that point, if you win, I mean, you're semi famous at that point because you got into the final four of the Turner, which is huge. Um, uh, people build careers off of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but just to hear, like, you really have to sit down and wait, is it worth it? For me to accept the opportunity to take this. What is it going to do to me mentally? What is it going to do to my my work and my process, my studio for the long term? Um, is that return on investment worth it? And uh, that's not something that, that I've thought about that deeply. And I was like, ooh, I kind of had this like gut check moment of like, ooh, I don't know if I could do that. Like, that might not be so fun. <laughs> it would be a lot. So. Almost yeah. all, all of the artists that were interviewed, and it's the, the exhibitions at the Tate Modern. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. All of the artists who were interviewed that were nominees talked about becoming a media artist. Um, someone who is, you know, very visible in the media. Almost a celebrity, in a way. And how that changes your artwork and how some of the artists who were nominated were like, I don't want to be public that way. Like I have collectors, I have a good thing going. So I'm going to turn down a nomination, even if they might've, you know, won the prize, which would have been incredible. Right. But right. you right. are televised when you win the prize, you were immediately interviewed afterwards and you're, you kind of go on this, like people want to talk to you and you have a lot of publicity and it's like, <laughs> especially now, this was 2008. So it was big then, oh, but yeah. especially now, like yeah, any wrong move now, yeah. that you might've done in the past will absolutely be brought up. And it's like, how, <laughs> how clean are you keeping your side of the street? As Taylor Swift would say. Right. And <laughs> it's, that would, that would come up and it's like, how could you could you handle that much visibility on yourself? I mean, I'm currently live streaming mm. on Twitch, so I have a very public audience here, but I'm a tiny streamer. <laughs> like, sure, like I've sure. got you know seven people watching this right now, and hey guys, how's it going? Um, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's not you know on public sites, it's not on television, it's not this huge event. Sure. it's different, and I think I wouldn't like it. I think I would be like no, that's fine. I'm good. <laughs> I can just keep yeah. making things in my studio. I don't know. The, um, the isolation of the artist is a big part about being an artist. It's the, having the solitude to create and to have the depth of creation in your, in your space. And mm. having that publicity would be, it would, it would change your life. 
whether you liked it or not. Sure. It, just, it would, and it would be it would be different. But also, you know, winning a prize like that would be a huge feather in your cap. I don't know. It's fun to sure. think about. <laughs> Even if my artwork yeah, will I mean, never get there, but. <laughs> I think uh, Tracy Emin is a good testament of that um, and the fact that it, it really did, it gave a spotlight to some of the not so nice parts of her life at that mm -hmm. point. I mean, she was a 20 something. She was still developing as a human being in yeah. front of millions of people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she was represented by the largest gallery in britain like that's massive and to like try to deal with that and she made some huge missteps but yeah you see where it can you know it can hugely benefit but there's also that other side of it too where it's like you don't have any privacy you don't mm -hmm. you can't go anywhere without somebody recognizing you and just you know, it makes me think I watched a, a clip on Lady Gaga and she's like, the one thing I wish I could do is just go to the freaking grocery store <laughs> and shop. She's like, I can't do that anymore. And she's like, I miss it because I love people, but there are crazy people that try to get to me and I mm -hmm. can't do that. And it's so, wild. yeah, wild. it's, yeah, it's wild. I was looking up some of the artists who were nominated in this particular year and I had a moment that was kind of funny. I was looking them up on uh, Instagram and I couldn't find two of the artists because I didn't have an account on Instagram. And I was like, I live in a different world than 2008. <laughs> like, where are their websites? I can find a Wikipedia page, but where are the artists' websites? They don't have one. I'm like, this is this is so this is so funny. Um, That's weird. Right. Maybe it's just all gallery. They're just like, go to the gallery website. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, the next chapter of this, and we're going to zip through these, um, is the magazine. Uh, I love art magazines. I love them. I subscribe to three mm -hmm. of them at the moment. Uh, High Fructose is my favorite. I love Juxtapose. Mm. Um, I just started getting uh, Art in America, which is kind of fun. But Art Forum mm -hmm. is a longstanding art magazine. And that's where mm. Sarah, the author, f follows us for this day in Chapter 5. This was this was different. What did you think of it? Um, I wouldn't want to be the editor of it, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, reading where it came from, from Ninth Street Women, where Art Forum started, mm -hmm. and who it started with, and to see where it's at, even in 2008, it's crazy. It's crazy to see what it's grown into. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's transformation comes in so many ways. And I think even when you start something that started, you know, it was just, it, it's, you, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Especially mm -hmm. when you put in a lot yeah. of effort into something, it's kind of fun. Um, art form is, yeah, I, I, I think of all the chapters, this one was maybe the most forgettable. Um, mm -hmm. The way it was written, I'm just like, okay, it was, it was interesting to follow some around in this industry, which is producing art in a magazine and you know you have people in the magazine whose jobs are to find advertisers and like the way that certain right. galleries get positioned in the advertisements it's much like the galleries getting positioned in art shows that are major and that was a fun like mirror and 
I don't know. It was it was kind of fun. Have you ever read Art Form magazine yourself? Um, I get their Twitter stuff, nice. so I usually get snippets here and there from mm-hmm. them. So that's how I read them. That's my that's how you read them. I don't get this magazine specifically, but I've read it in the past, and I always have enjoyed myself when I get an edition. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, it goes through. It talks about the editor, the main editor. It talks to some. It Sarah, <laughs> the author, talks to people who are putting the magazine together, kind of on like a couple days before the next edition goes out. So it's like a lot of interest that's happening. The they talk about how. A lot of the people who are running the magazine have to go to specific gallery events and the galleries will call the magazine and be like, hey, have you seen this one? Have you gone to this show yet? And like <laughs> remind them, which is <laughs> kind of funny. Right, and, right. <laughs> um, it talks about a, a little bit about how a magazine can really influence art culture and what's happening, but also art culture influences the magazine. And that's sure, sure. part for the course here, but it's it's interesting to see where influence comes and goes depending on how popular the magazine might be. And um, and then it talks about how being in a magazine can really solidify it and give an artist uh, credibility. And if you're on the cover of said magazine, that's even more so. Like, you become famous mm. in a way that's not like the Turner Prize famous, but, you know, people start recognizing your artwork a lot more because they see it on newsstands. It goes international. It's, it's, it's very cool. I think I would love to have my art in a magazine. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be very fun. Yeah. yeah. I've applied to uh, New American Painters. I did not get in, but that's another one where I think it is more art focused. I think mm-hmm. art form has become very, very, like they said, very advertisement heavy. Very advertisement um, heavy. So you got to pay for uh, that paper. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's like a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, to, uh, to see, you know, how, uh, new American painters has handled things. It's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just so many great, there are really great art, like periodicals out there that are just fantastic people that just love the art world and they dig in and you get some really great stories and right now repatriation is the big thing so there's some great stories about governments fighting over pieces of art and people returning what they've stolen and it's wild so wild out there i i love it maybe in the future we'll read a magazine for our book club and that would be fun Ooh, yeah we'll see we'll see i'm gonna gonna make a note (laughs) (laughs) um the next chapter is called the studio visit and this one i think was my favorite chapter because i'm an artist and i feel like i connect Mm -hmm. most with another artist but this artist is so out of my league in the way he creates it or like so different (laughs) it's this is um takashi murakami and we got to go through his studio as as one of these chapters and this was a wild ride did you like this chapter I did. And so the piece that this chapter is around is called The Oval. The Oval. If you guys want to look it up, this piece is bananas. I did not look this up when I was reading, but yeah, it's solid gold. It Platinum. is insane. It's massive. 
Um, they build it in several different pieces. And, you know, their description of the workshop. Um, it has a face on the front and the back. Um, yeah, it's wild. This is a really cool piece just to look at it. But I'm, yeah, I'm the share studio it visit was was just crazy. It was so good to see his process and the people that work with him and how he has chosen to run his studio and make it a place for people to be able to grow as artists and move on. Like he's been very encouraging of that, of people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this piece. It's just, it's, it's enormous. Bonkers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he has several and he's a champion of female artists, which is unbelievable to me. It is kind um, of unbelievable. I was like, what, really? I was surprised. Right, right. And I was like, okay, okay, Takashi, I'm okay with that. Good on you, you know? Um, especially during then, it, it, the art world is, was still very, very male-driven at that point. Um very few women were really noticed. So yeah, to see him nurture and encourage, you know, that in his own studio, instead of being this artist that, you know, he finds these great workers and great craftsmen and just holds on to them and doesn't let anybody have them and doesn't let them become who they are. It's kind of cool to see that that hasn't happened in his process. Yeah. It's really cool. Murakami is much like uh, Andy Warhol, if you're not familiar with his work. You've mm -hmm. probably seen Murakami's artwork on, um, gosh, you know, a lot of advertisement. He worked with Uniqlo. He worked with Louis Vuitton. Um, you, it's the, the face, the smiley face and the flower. You know the one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whatever's popping up in your head is mm -hmm. the one. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he works um, in, he has like, many, many, many employees, and they all help him create all of this artwork. And it's a whole system, and it's a whole, it's a business and a brand, basically. Uh, I don't know, he'll mm -hmm. call it a brand, but that's when I see it. I'm like, that's branding in top tier. Yeah. And he has these just extravagant ideas. And this day that they talk about with the studio visit goes through making of the oval, which is that giant sculpture I just had on screen. Um, and if you're listening to this, I'll have it linked in the show notes. I I loved listening to this because when you look at Andy Warhol, he, you know, had all these people working for him and he never let them become other artists. And like Nomad was just saying, mm -hmm. um, Murakami was, is, encourages his, the people who work for him to have their own styles and he helps them with their own work and getting shows and things like that. And that's like incredible that <laughs> you, you never hear mm -hmm. about things like that. There are several artists out there who do who have many assistants who help them work in, with backgrounds, who help them create full pieces. And the artist usually always has, you know, their hand in it. They're, they're overseeing the work and they are putting their own spin on it. Um, and I think it's, it's a unique process. And I think it makes a lot of people mad sometimes when they hear about this process of having other people help you create your artwork. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great. <laughs> I'm like, if you have mm -hmm. help making your work and 
like you should you should do that that's that's awesome <laughs> the old masters did the exact same thing yeah but they're apprentices like if, we're, if we're really honest we go back and look you see how little they actually touched the piece and how much of it was actually made by the people in their workshops mm-hmm. like their school you know and it's like oh okay i guess this has been going on for a very very long for time and it's ever. not uncommon yes and mm-hmm. a cool thing that murakami does is anytime someone works on a piece they will sign the back and so if you turn a piece like a, a painting of his around you'll see you know 15 25 names on it and they're all the signatures mm-hmm. of all the people working on it so it's he very much recognizes um his his workshop which is so cool it's so cool and I think yeah. this is a very, like, this guy's a genius. Like, his mind is, like, very, very cool. And the ideas he has, it's it's great that he's able to make them with the people who are supporting him. And it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he has, what, three studios? Mm-hmm. He has two in Japan and then one in New York. And just to see how he shuffles back and forth between all of them, depending on what he's making at that point and for who. Yeah. Um, this right. happened to be in Japan. Um, so, yeah, it's I like into like hear how he sleeps, like where he sleeps. I was like, like a gremlin. Okay, dude, <laughs> you could have a modest place to sleep and it would be okay if you did that you know you don't have to have nobody a would begrudge you that but he's just like on the floor with the pile of whatever sleeping and they're like <laughs> it's cool to have an artist like this who isn't also pretentious you know right but right, also right. i think he might be a little bit too modest and you're like you could you could have an, a room for a bed <laughs> Well, and I think it's interesting. So they have a boardroom meeting with uh, Takashi. Mm-hmm. And you have all these yes men in this room. And they don't want to upset him about this piece. It's true. So they're all walking a very, very fine line. And Takashi knows exactly who he is. Like, he has no qualms about saying, I'm sorry, this looks like garbage. You need to redo it. Or that's not going to work for me. That's not going to benefit me and my workshop. And I'm not going to do that. And he'll put his foot down. And, I mean, they said, if you see him mad, it's not a good day. It's just not a good day. (laughs) Because it doesn't happen often. And he usually has a legitimate reason for being Mm -hmm. upset. Mm -hmm. So he's... I wouldn't say he's not pretentious he's pretentious but in the proper way of like hey i know my value he's got a vision and this is what i'm gonna do and i know the position i have here i know the leverage i have here yeah and so like in the boardroom you see that because he like everybody's in three-piece suits and he walks in in shorts flip-flops and a t-shirt from yesterday and just sits down at the head of the table (laughs) and he's like yep yeah this is what's going on. <laughs> it's pretty rad. It's pretty rad. I, I really enjoyed the chapter. Yeah. It was like, I want to watch a documentary on this guy. I know, right? Mm-hmm. It's confident and a little pretentious. Like, it's both. It's a mix. It's, sure. And it's sure. delightful. <laughs> Keep doing it. Yes. <laughs> um, the last chapter in this book is the 
Biennale. There we go. I said it correctly. There we go. Um, this is in Venice, <laughs> and it happens also in June. Uh, this is a global event. So in this event, from what I understand, is that each country has a building. Maybe it's each continent has a building. And that building hosts all the galleries of the artwork that represents said space. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. who that country has chosen to represent them as a country. There we go. Kind of like um, Olympics. In that, but in their pavilion. Artwork. Yeah, they have a pavilion. So there's, you know, the North America pavilion. There's the Russian pavilion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, real quick. Mooney, yes. I think a woman could mm -hmm. do that. Absolutely. Um, but yes, this Absolutely. is also Eurovision for art. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to go to this. This sounds so much fun. It's kind of like the first art fair that we talked about, but also it seems way, way bigger and geopolitical and and water and water and beautiful Venice and, and Venice. wonderful food and coffee <laughs> and like cool art. And it's kind mm -hmm. of about buying art, but it, it feels more like Eurovision. Yeah, that feels more like it. Um, I feel like we had fewer specific characters in this chapter so i kind of started skimming over a little bit towards the end i also read half of this book in a day and i was like i need to stop reading but i can't because book clubs eh. tomorrow okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was i don't know it was interesting did you like it i did i thought it was a very interesting insight into what the biennale is all about mm -hmm. because from what i understood the biennale was just another basel you know, it was just another art fair, quote unquote. Yeah. But it's not. It is actually a political event, if nothing else. And the people that they have, the artists that they have chosen to be in those pavilions are very particularly chosen by government officials. Yeah. Um, usually federal level government officials. Uh they have a council or whatever that chooses that like the national arts council or whatever. Um, and just to see how that affects an artist, uh, like their take on them being that representative. Yeah. Um, Cause they may not even necessarily be a native of that country, but they represent that country. So That's it's like true. either they live there now or, they grew up there or whatever, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I want to go to it. I mean, I wanted to go before I actually read this chapter, but now I'm like, oh, I'm informed and now I really want to go. So, you know, I have a lot of travel to do next year. It's fine. Buy my paintings. <laughs> right? Yeah. Overall, oh. this was seven day days in the art world and I gave this yeah. book a five out of five. I really liked it. I I would give it I give it a four out of five. If it was more up to date, I think I'd give it a five out of five. Mm. But I definitely give it a four out of five because yeah. it's it's definitely an interesting look. And like you said, the the part about art forum, like there were a few like interesting facts in there, but it was pretty pretty lackluster for the most part in that chapter. But the rest of it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I would agree. I, I want seven more days in the art world. Sarah, if you're listening to this, I liked your book. Please yes. do it again, but today. 
Yes, 2003. seven more days. 2023. Can I have that? Thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it'd be fun even if you went to the same places if they existed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I overall had a really fun time reading this book. I feel like this book is really accessible to people if you are not an artist and you're just like curious about mm. art. This would be a great book to read. Sure. It's fun. It's interesting. It's about a whole world that you probably aren't familiar with. I mean, you might be, but probably aren't. And there are even aspects. I am an artist. There's aspects that I had never kind of contemplated before. That was very fun. So I mm-hmm. think that makes it for a great sure. book. I kind of sure. want to read her other books. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look at them and see if they're good for book club. Because I like her writing style also. I think it's just well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's that's that. Any final thoughts on the book? Not anything that we haven't already said, which is, you yeah. know, we'd love an updated, you know, an updated version of it would be fantastic. I feel like this book is uh, not very quote- quotable. Like, I, wa- I wasn't marking right. down any quotes to be like, I got to read this later. So there's something about that. But um, sure. overall, I loved it. The next book. Are you ready for this? The next book we read is called Draw Your Weapons by Other Sarah. Um, (laughs) This is the other Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) We're on a Sarah train. So this is called Draw Your Weapons. And this book, which you can get uh, one moment, you can read about it right here. I'll put it in the chat. Boom. Um, This book is about art and politics it's a memoir it's a history book it's a literature book this is a book about life and peace and you know how art changes how we look at things and i think it's going to be a very fun book i found it at powell's on a recent trip and i was like one this title is fantastic the cover art also fantastic so you know i'm judging a book on its title here (laughs) and it just looks interesting so it goes through world war ii it goes through current day things it goes through like i think i think it's gonna be interesting so that's what we're gonna read this month Mm, i'm interested art history is like my jam love it i love it this stuff like the espionage behind fine art it's always interesting (laughs) i was able to find copies of this book at the library immediately um at least in seattle so if you are looking for a library version of this you can probably find it it's it's much 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 less popular than the last book we read um which okay it has like a 500 ratings versus the like sixty thousand ratings the last book had um so Ooh, so but it's also more recent so that's there's that this came out in right. 2017 so okay i think it's gonna okay. be fun uh yeah and that's what we're gonna read next so if you're interested pick up draw your weapons can read it with us and we'll chat about it next time on our book club Woo-hoo. Woo! nomad where can people find you people can find me at visualnomad.art. they can also find me on here under visual nomad on twitch when i do stream Heck yeah. uh, which that should be starting up soon because i'm gonna have four pieces to paint nice so yeah i'll be busy <laughs> but, um, yeah that's where you can find me you can find me at stephaniescott.art over on Instagram. That is also my website, minus the at. And uh, yeah, that's been Art Book Club. Thanks for hanging out, everyone. Bye.